Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick, and guess what? You guys are listening to The Jim Bob Show. Hey, this is Wayne Larrabee, and you're listening to Roar on WGN. Hey, this is Jim McMahon, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. I had to pop a beer for this one. Hello, boy. Yeah. Hey, this is Brian Urlacher, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. That's awesome. Oh, that's then, it. How about one? This is Brian Urlacher. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's I about love that one. <laughs> Half the coaches in the league, the Mondays were the worst. And that's when you really got tested, when you came off a tough loss. You got into the office on Monday. You found out two more players were hurt. You didn't realize the sky's always fallen in the NFL on Mondays. Chicago's been a great sports town. They're hungry for people that play hard. And if you play hard and win, they love you forever. <laughs> 720. WGN High atop Chicago's <laughs> Skyline Studio. And on great stations all around the country, this is the Jim Bob Show. Game day edition, and as mentioned, Jim Bob, the game day editions are down to just one game, just, right? Just with, down with, one game. With a two-week party in between and people making their way to the really the biggest and coolest place that you could have anything, much less the Super Bowl, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, I'm talking to, and we got my partner on here, Billy Moss. I mean, all pro, the baddest man I knew when I was playing. I was scared of him, for sure. I was glad I was on defense. He's got bar fight insurance. <laughs> He's had, listen, you know, and it was it was we used it <laughs> for me. <laughs> what are you doing, Billy? What's going on, guys? Great. Oh, great. It's always hey, great we to did have it last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I tell you what. And you know, we, we called it is that you know, what what is the disrespect going on with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? I mean, again, here we are now the third week in a row or third game in a row basically that that the odds makers have disrespected the Chiefs and made them an underdog again. Are they just trying to piss them off to to get them to the Super Bowl win? You know, I don't know. A lot goes into those lines, right? I mean, bigger cities, bigger markets, coasts, you know, they have a lot more people and a lot more money being wagered than folks in the Midwest and a home base. I don't think it's just all about you know X's and O's. Uh-huh. I think you have to ride. You have to ride and balance out where the money's getting laid. That's a great point. I mean the the odds aren't really the odds. The odds are about hey who's going to lay down the dough. And I think you right. got something because I can tell you there's nothing on paper that that told me that the Chiefs were going to get dismantled by the Ravens. I thought, yeah, they had a great running attack and they were had the number one defense and so forth and they were they were but the Chiefs, I'll tell you what, and I know you said this too on our, our last show, Steve Spagnolia and his adjustments and his genius, talk about that, because that's what I thought won the game. Yeah, you know, and I think that's that's been the underlying theme for this whole entire Chiefs team this year. And and not just Spagnola, you gotta conclude Brett Veach. Look, if I take a look around the NFL, right, and, and you're you're dealing with a salary cap, okay? And so ninety nine percent of your teams, when you're spending your majority of your salary cap, it's gonna go on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterbacks are gonna get top paid, running backs are gonna get and, and also wide receivers and tight ends. Okay, that's that's and and offensive tackles. That's that's where the majority of of your cap dollars get eaten up on on ninety percent of the teams. And so, Veach was able to draft an unbelievable two classes of defensive players: George Kalafkis and the, all the secondary players he picked up. He he hit on all of them last year, and they all played the majority of the year. 
So they're in their second year, and these guys are all all pros now. Carlotta's is an all pro. You've got McDuffie at corner. You got Legarius Sneed, who I think is one of the best corners in the league. Couple that with the safeties, and teams around the league do not have enough defensive playmakers to stop the Chiefs. That's what it comes down to in a nutshell. Yeah, they lost Tyreek Hill. Yes, they've had you know subpar wide receivers, but with Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position. It's okay. The defense has picked up the slack. The defense is stopping other teams. Look what Baltimore did on the run through the NFL. They beat all the top teams in the NFL. Not only beat them, I mean dismantled them by 20-plus points a game. All the top dogs, Miami, Buffalo, Seattle, San Francisco, they beat them all by 20 points, right? Yeah. But when he matched up against the Chiefs, it was a different deal because the Chiefs had the defense to stop that, slow down that offense. Over time, they were able to just dismantle those teams and kind of impose their will. And psychologically, Bill, what do you think that at what point did that kick in in that game where the Ravens have it? It's a home game. They are a favorite on paper. I'm sure they're hearing it that they should win that game where they realize that this is a different thing. And, and maybe because they blew out so many teams, they weren't used to competing in a close game, something the, the Chiefs have done in every way. Yeah, you asked psychologically, when did it occur? I'll tell you when it occurs with these teams. It occurs the week they're playing the Chiefs because everybody has seen what Patrick Mahomes has done. This isn't once or twice or every so often. He pulls a rabbit out of the hat every time he steps on the field. And so psychologically, you're talking about, they think that they have to play out of their minds. And this is what Purdy's going through this week. You think Brock Purdy actually thinks he can compete with Patrick Mahomes? Honestly, you want to talk psychologically? Think about that for a minute. There's no way. And he thinks he's going to have to play the game of his life to, to, to be able to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs. So it happens the week prior to when you're preparing. You're, you're, you're practicing, and mentally you're thinking, I've got to play unbelievably to beat him. And when one thing goes wrong in the game, a penalty, a fumble, a taunting penalty, just like what happened with the Ravens, and then you say, oh, my gosh, we're done. And mm-hmm. that's where it occurs when you play the Chiefs. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot of truth to what you said. What did you think about them deactivating? Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, what's the story behind that? Because here's the deal. When you talk about one thing could go wrong, I, I hated throwing the ball across the middle to him because, okay, well, he's going to tip it, and it's going to get intercepted, and he's going to blow a drive. I mean, I think – Andy Reid is is pretty political of the way he's been handling this. I mean, you know, I kept thinking that the Chiefs receiving core, who have dropped so many balls all year long, and, and yeah. Tony being one of the the big, to me, one of the the really the the big instigator of some of those stalled drives. What your thoughts on this one? So, okay, I, I think the reason this was done. Now he did have a baby. Uh, the night before the game. However, I don't think that was the factor. That was the hip slash personal. The personal side of it was he had a baby. But I think what really transpired was what they have come to find out. There was a narrative in this offseason through minicamp that Ladarius Tony was going to be Ladarius Tony was going to be the number one wide receiver. That came from within the Chiefs organization. That came from their PR department, okay? That he, he, this guy is, is going to be their number one receiver. But what they came to find out was exactly 
what he went on Instagram live with his tirade, mm. right? He goes off on the Chiefs just this past week. Yeah. Calling them liars. I, I saw it. Not I, I saw it. It was he's crazy. Not injured. Yeah. It's some of the best English I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, so what he's saying is this team is having success, right? They're going to the AFC Championship game now, now to the Super Bowl. Without him. And yeah, and, and he has to make it about him. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a team game, and the best thing you could do is, is don't say anything at all. They're covering up something, mm-hmm. a flaw of yours, character, and they're leaving it as it is. They didn't come out and say anything. You revealed it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and and so he actually, the Chiefs were actually giving him a chance maybe to catch on with another team. I don't know if that's the case now because he exposed himself. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great read on your part. I really do. I think that I think you've nailed it, and I think everything that you said was right on. You know, again, making it about you know himself. So, Bill, when it comes to the game, the the last two San Francisco opponents, they got out to big leads before that happens. If do you think San Francisco is going to come out flat in that? Because I can't see you know I, I can't see the Chiefs giving up on that. Uh, you know, I don't think San Francisco comes out flat at all. I mean, what you know, they've got they've got playmakers on offense, right? Debo Samuel, you know, Kittle, you know, McCaffrey. I mean, they they've got guys. And they've got a good offensive line too. I, you know, I don't expect them to come out flat. I I just think that, you know, they really. I, I go back to what we talked about earlier. I just think that Kansas City has enough defenders everywhere. You know, you got Nick Bolton. I forgot to mention him too. They hit on him on that draft as well. You, you've got Willie Gay. You, you got Carl. You got all these young players that are back there that can all play. They're not just they're not just starting because that's all you got. These guys are big time players, and so you, you've got them on every level of your defense. And there's not really a weak spot on the defensive line. I mean, on the defense as a whole. If I was going to say there's one area of concern, it would probably be right in the middle of the interior, especially now that uh, Charles Menahue is, is not going to be able to play with that knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he really came on strong when he was able to play this year, made a big impact. But other than that, I mean, you look at the defense as a whole, there's, there's really no weakness. And that's going to be the area that I think San Francisco is going to struggle, is being able to continue and sustain drives because – you know, it really hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I, I, I think that the way I look at this game is that San Francisco's got a lot of weapons, but I, I, I keep coming back to Steve Spagnolia and, and what he yeah. does defensively and he, how he adjusts. I mean, I, I'm, this is the game I'm looking for. This is the chess match that I want to watch because I want to see what Spagnolia designs because I thought, you know, I don't know if you noticed it, Billy, but I, I, I told you last time I said, I'm going to, I thought, I'll bet you Spagnolia does a bunch of run blitzes. He did. I mean, I think on the, on the first series of, of uh, third and one or third and two, he designed run blitzes through, you know, the A's and B gaps uh, that, and plugged them and they, they shut them down. And I think that, that his run blitz uh, schemes that he did kind of surprised the Ravens a little bit. Yeah, he did. He he was able to pick and choose. And the other thing he did is with two weeks in a row was kind of like the mush rush, right? Yeah. He, they they kind of just man up that, that line, and you rush. You just push the pocket. You don't choose a side. You don't choose right. Like the right side of, Keep of, him contained. of the pass blocker. You just push the pocket down around him, and then you bring your, your fifth and sixth guy 
and have that be disruptive. Yeah. So that they contained uh, two running quarterbacks back to back in Josh Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson, and with the same kind of philosophy, and it was great. It's going to be interesting to see how they choose and how Brock Purdy handles the pressure because they know where he's going to be. This is a different. This is a different game, and they have the ability to. to create a lot of problems. It's going to be interesting to see how Brock Purdy handles the pressure. It's going to be great. I think on the coaching side, the last two rounds for San Francisco, they had a distinct advantage on the coaching side, whether they had their number or as Jim Bob said, Dan Campbell, you know, he it was yep. coaching malpractice, right? Just some yep. of the decision-making there in this, you know, I just feel like the chiefs have better coaching, right? So that, so you have that, how do they approach that? You know, Shanahan probably thinks, okay, I got this. I know I can beat them on the coaching side. Now he could say it's even, but I think that the chiefs are better. I don't think sure. that, I don't think that Shanahan can say that he, he can design, but he has not proven to me in a Super Bowl that he can outcoach anybody. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, I think Andy Reid, I look at Andy as a you know genius on the offensive side, and the big difference is Spagnolia and what he's going to do. I've got a prop bet with one of my buddies. He's, he, he wants to do, he says, I'll bet you that uh, McAfee has over uh, 125 yards rushing, and I go, done. Christian McCaffrey, because he is one of those difference makers. You look at yeah. Aaron Jones of the Packers, the, the, the explosiveness, yeah. you know, and you could bust it for 40. Is that really where they're pinning their hopes? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and, and let's think about this, right? Just, just think about this. The San Francisco 49ers had to come back against the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Just think about that for a minute, right? You're not talking about what's going on in the AFC with, the te- with those teams. The Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. And they struggled with them. You know, I think that says... Well, they, str- they struggled with them. A, a and two, keep in mind... You know, LaFleur, his play calling, and Joe Barry's uh, porous defense allowed them to come back. Yep. They they should have lost that game. Yep. They should have lost. They should have lost, lost the Lions game. And listen, if That's like it. I said, if Dan Campbell doesn't commit coaching malpractice and kicks the dang ball. I mean, like we should, you know, listen, I get it. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to, to let's talk about this analytic stuff is that I was listening to, to Bill Polian, who's a buddy of mine and, and, you know, the general manager, Super Bowl, uh, with Peyton Manning and just with the Bills and with yeah. the Colts and so long. And Bill, so smart. And he goes, listen, today's analytics are, Hey, if you were 54% successful on, on fourth and, and three, you know, so you got fourth and three. And, and so you go, all right, you had 54% success rate. You're kicking a 48-yarder. You know, I don't know how he warmed up, how the kicker performed. Again, back to the kickers, okay? And so if you didn't feel comfortable that that was a 50-50 shot on the 48, maybe you go and take the 54% on the analytics. And I personally thought I would have kicked it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a part of me that says that, too. You take the points when they're available. I, I get that. But, you know, you had said all year long, too, that, you saw Dan Campbell went for this all most of the time, all season long, because he knew the issues he had with his defensive secondary. Could, so you know, he thought, "Look, I need the extra four points. I can't rely on on our, our no. defensive backs to hold up against San Francisco's offense." You're right. And I think I think a lot, I think a lot of that plays into it. You're right. Well. You're right. I mean, honestly, that's that's. I think he probably looked at that. I think you're 100 percent right. I I think he looked at it and go, "Hey." Do you think we can, if we kick it and miss it, can we stop them? And and he probably yeah. thought no, 
And 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 yeah. you're 100% right. I think that's exactly what the mentality he has and he he made I watched him he had a take uh, yesterday and talking about the personnel. He goes, "Listen, we got here, we've got a, a core group of guys that that know how to, you know, win and get here and they do the work, they put in the time, you know, they study, but you know, we're going to make some additions and some changes." He recognized exactly what you're talking about, Bill, is that, "Hey, I can't rely on this defense to get me out of the situation i gotta make the call and i think that's what he did i think you're exactly right i think he looked at that yeah. and go, my, my secondary can't stop him we don't have the defensive unit to to make take this home and i think that was the call i think he did it and in retrospect he probably was accurate yeah and so so what you're talking about if you, you take those things into consideration which you said green bay should have won the game except for barry on defense mm-hmm. and Detroit should have won the game, but their defense, you know, fell apart. This is the difference in this Super Bowl. That's it. Is this chief this Chiefs defense is not those two defenses. This is a number two defense in the NFL. And they've gotten even better through the playoffs. Better. The ability to win the turnover ratio, which they were plus three last week. Patrick Mahomes has not thrown an interception, knock on wood, in the last six playoffs games he's played in, going back to last year. I mean, this this is this is playoff Pat, and this is who these Chiefs yeah. become. Well, and Tony helps not. Let me back to Tony about you know, hey, not having him in the lineup, you don't have to worry about the two or three tip passes that Tony misses yep. and creates the interceptions. Okay, I mean that's a big deal. You know, we've got Rice now is the number one receiver for for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's very Rushy, apparent, yeah. and you know, I think that that's the other. Strong. You you made a great point about uh, Tony. I mean, you know, I think the Chiefs gave him an opportunity to handle this diplomatically and with some integrity. He blew it. It, it reminds me of um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. This is Antonio yeah. Brown's situation. We got it with, you know, no, sa- no. same thing emerging, you know. What is it with these receivers? Yeah. <laughs> hey, no kidding, right? so, you know, we've got uh, Joe Navis going to come on and he's going to give us prediction. I'm pretty sure you and I both know what Joe's going to call. I mean, he made the famous prediction. And, Dane, what do you think it's going to be, buddy? What do you think? Well, this is easy now, right? That was tough, right? You got the leagues, you got the underdogs, you got history. This is an easy one. It's it's the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a great game. Initially, guys, I was on that emotional bandwagon. We all love Dan Campbell and the emotion he brought with it, the underdog story, you know, all of that dysfunction in Detroit. It, it would have been neat to see them get there. But this this is, even though I feel like San Francisco's overmatched, this is going to be a better game. And uh, Joe Namath will see that. Bill? Yeah, no question. That'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anybody can, well, you look at this as, as a sports fan and not, you, you're tired of the Chiefs. I get it. But you got to deal with them. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. Beat them. Until someone shows me differently, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Hey, we, he, I, I love I love Bill Parcells. He goes, hey, we're going to run smash, smash mouth football. I go, we're going to run through the B gap, and we're going to run through the A gap. And if you can't stop it, we're going to run through the B gap, and we're going to run through the A gap. But that's all we're going to do all day long. That's all we're going to do. And if you don't want to see the Chiefs and Taylor Swift and, you know, on television all the time, and you don't want to see my auto and my homes, you know what? Then beat them. Well, just beat them. <laughs> you know, right. just beat them. So, anyways, but uh, I, I got to disagree with you guys. I think the Chiefs win this one by 10. 
I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't have any yep. respect for San Francisco, and I think Bill's exactly right. This game is going to come down to the 49ers faced two defenses and barely beat those teams. This Kansas City Chiefs defense is way better than the Green Bay, even though you know Green Bay, you know, beat the Chiefs and and Love played a spectacular game there. And that, the Chiefs weren't the same team right. they are today. They're much better. They got him every the last three games. You can just see it. Not it's ratcheting it up a notch, a notch. And the defense is just they are just tuned in, man. At what point does it happen, Bill? I mean, is it going to be one of those things where the 49ers hang with him? It's very close. Of course, last year with the Eagles it was one of the greatest games. It was back and forth. It was a big prize fight. Do you think this is going to be apparent right away that um, that the Chiefs are going to be you know taking this one home? No, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to punch. They're going to dance around a little bit, work the ropes and, and feel it out. And then, you know, the one thing I would say is that what I, from what I've seen and Jim Bob touched on it earlier is, is, you know, San Francisco, what they do, they're, they're kind of locked into that West coast system and, and they live and die by it. They have that and that's what they run. And they, that's what they stick to. Patrick, has, you know, Andy has such a plethora of knowledge on different offenses and different ways and different schemes to beat and attack you and put the onus on different, put the pressure on different parts of your defense. They find different ways to attack. Thing I'll say is that, you know, the, the second half and the, the adjustments they make, and when you got a quarterback that sees the field like your coaching staff and can come to the sidelines. There's not many quarterbacks out there that do this, guys. You look around. How many of them come out to the sidelines and say, hey, 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 do we have time to run Wasp? Wasp, do we have time? Does it, can our offensive like, yep, let's run it. I mean, he knows what he's looking at, and he brings the suggestions to Andy Reid and the offensive coordinator during the game. Yeah. There's not very many quarterbacks in the league that do that. I don't, think, per, I don't on, think Purdy's doing that at, at all. It, they they hear the calls in the in their ear. They look at the wristband and they yell it in the huddle, and that's it. Yeah, they're not. I mean, I mean, it's a, just a different deal with number fifteen. You've got the West Coast system, and then what I think Patrick Mahomes brings in, and I'm going to trademark this. this. Is what I do. I'm going to call it the Galaxy system, <laughs> the Galaxy system. That's what. Hey, who you want to choose? You want to go with the West Coast system, which is you know California, okay, big deal. Or do you want the Galaxy the system? Entire galaxy. Because that's what Patrick Mahomes brings. He's that much of a difference maker. Okay? Well, all the stars of the Galaxy are going to be converging on Las Vegas for this. And as we let you go, of course, El Bandito Yankee will be in full effect for some of the biggest tailgates mm. right there. Bill Moss, you are going to be in the middle of it also. And, and in case I have to, in case I have to eat any of my words when I say the Chiefs win by ten, if I have to eat those words, at least it goes down really smooth, criminally smooth with El Bandito Yankee. <laughs> there you go. Isn't that awesome? That's so great. And you know what's even better is dry January is over, baby. I'm ready. Yeah. And, 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 and hey, who who uh, you all see these memes about when your friends tell you they're going to do dry January, and I go. Why? You go, Jim Bob says, more for me. <laughs> hey, Billy, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you out there. I've got your ticket reserved for you, my man, and we'll talk about uh, everything here in a little bit. But look forward to seeing you when we get to Vegas. I know a, a bunch of the Chiefs guys are going out there, and you guys, it's like a reunion every It seems like you've had a reunion every year for the last seven yeah, years. I I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I, and it's getting to the point where, I don't know. I mean, this is the seventh year in a row for the reunion. I don't want to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is awesome. My, my, we call it the Chiefs Invitational. <laughs> it's, better awesome. than, it's better. It's wilder than the Phoenix Invitational. Phoenix Open. Billy, Bob, I'll see you later, man. Thanks a bunch for right, joining man. us here.